Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members serving as a catalyst to facilitate better worship in the local church. I, I think we need to come up with a better word than better. Be- you know, <laughs> how, how about best <laughs> to facilitate the best word? I always, you know, I always feel like we go down the the cheesy greeting card road whenever we get to that word better to facilitate better better worship. Better. It's like it's not harsh enough. Like uh, to facilitate means in, like intense. A, yeah. To facilitate authentic. Anyway, That's so what say authentic. So my name's David. Hey there, David. I'm Kevin. How's it going, Kevin? <laughs> Hi, David. Good. 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 I want to say your name at the beginning of every sentence, David. <laughs> Somewhere in my sentence. No. no, I'm doing good. It's good. Uh, uh, it's a Monday afternoon, and um, uh, it was just hailing here a few yeah, minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. Kind of weird. Uh, no, I I just came over from West Vancouver, downtown Vancouver. I was having a, a lunch with a, a pastor at First Baptist in downtown Vancouver. Cool. And uh, yeah, nice. it was it was a really good time, but but we're here today. Uh, very exciting. This is our very first phone interview. Yeah, and it did not come without its technical glitches. Sure. Well, you know, <laughs> it's to be expected. I mean, we're we're trying new things. We're expanding our territories. Um, no, we are. Uh, Jordan was very gracious with us and his and his willingness to work with us and our technical issues and take some time to let us figure it out Definitely. the best way we could do it. Definitely. But we were talking with Jordan Fowler. Jordan Fowler from Northwood. Northwood. In Texas. Keller, Texas. Keller, Texas, which is uh, what, north of Fort Worth, yeah. Texas. And, um, and he runs the blog along with, I think, a couple of his other teammates at his church, worshiptrench.com. You've heard us, at least heard me mention it. It's been, I've talked about it on the blog, yep. our blog, several times, worshiptrench.com. He's got lots of great resources, especially for worship leaders and worship pastors, about how to do, like he says in, in our interview today, about how to do the, the Monday to Saturday leadership of the worship ministry, what goes on outside of Sunday. And so, uh, so we were able to get him on the phone today, and we asked him a few questions about the year-end review. Year-end review, which which we kind of talked about, or we alluded to a couple episodes ago, talking about um, having a year-end. I think we were talking about doing it. Um, you know, I know, I know that I I uh, attempted I attempted mine. You're in the process of yours. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so that that's what our entire uh, conversation with Jordan was about, and. Um, just a great time talking with him. Yeah, great guy, great heart for God, and a great heart for other worship leaders. He just wants to see us all succeed, and he wants to do whatever he can to be a part of that. Yeah. So uh, you're in for a real treat today. That's right. So, Here we so go. Turn, up, turn up your radios. Turn it up and don't tune away. Don't tune away. Here it is, Jordan Fowler, worshiptrench.com. Today we're talking with Jordan Fowler, and uh, he runs the blog, worshiptrench.com, and he's also, what's your title there at the church? I'm I'm, uh, on the executive staff, and I'm over worship and communications at Northwood Church in Keller, Texas. Keller, Texas. Yes, right north of Fort Worth. Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's a problem for some of us up here in the Northwest. Yes, I know, I know. I've alienated <laughs> half, uh, three-quarters of the, of the listeners right now. Yeah, yeah. So, 
So anyway, he is running a running a blog that I have found very helpful as a as a worship pastor. And one of the things that I found really helpful, very intriguing, is his year end review process. And uh, so we're going to talk about that with Jordan today. But I wanted to start off by getting a little bit of of Jordan's history, who he is, and a short history of his worship experience. So would you mind doing that for us today, Jordan? Oh, sure, not at all. I'm uh, 39 years old. I turned 40 in July. Um, I've been married 15 years to my wife, Piper, and have three kids. Um, Background, I grew up in a strong Christian family. I went to what I call a bipolar Methodist church in the sense of um, (laughs) in the the morning time, we had the biggest pipe organ in the Southwest is a church in Dallas, and uh, they would do really, really high church worship. And then at night, we would come back, and this is in the 70s when I was a kid, and and at night, they did all the... uh, Israeli Hebrew sound and praise songs and we'd break out the tambourine and it was the same group of people so it was really different because they didn't attract you know two different groups so really got to see a uh, broad broad spectrum of, of worship you know happening going on and that was really influential in my life as far as now who I am um, uh, I mean I love running swimming I'm a lover of bovine flesh grilled medium rare wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a Texan after all and uh but I love to read. Um, I drive my wife crazy probably with how many books I have going concurrently on the side of the bedroom floor. And so, Jordan, can I ask you, what book are you reading right now that uh, you're really enjoying? Um, I'm reading – one of the books I'm reading is uh, it's called Theology in the Kingdom by Wolfhard Pannenberg. And uh, he's a German theologian. It's kind of one of his introductory works. I don't buy everything he says, but it, it's it's really in, it's interesting read. And then another one, I'm reading a book called The uh, – the age of Reagan, and it's about just the whole, you know, movement toward conservatism versus liberalism. I'm I'm a presidential biography nut, and so cool. I, I'm usually working through those. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, and so I, I uh, as far as worship background goes, um, you know, I kind of came out of that broad spectrum at Tyler Street Methodist. And then uh, when I got into college is probably when I really started, you know, getting tapped to lead worship. I was in rock and roll bands, garage bands uh, in high school. We covered 2112 by Rush at the talent show one year. That was our claim to fame. <laughs> and uh, it's a 21-minute song or something like that. They shut the curtain after about 10 minutes, and they realized we weren't going to stop. <laughs> but, uh, but really didn't, you know, kind of didn't see how God was going to take that musical gift and really use it. And, uh, and that was in, you know, I went to college in 87. And so there wasn't a lot of worship CDs out. Maranatha was coming out with their first CD. And we had a BSU director who called me in one week and said, Hey man, I need you to come lead some worship. His name was Basilio Fierro. And, uh, he was from out in West Texas and was, and, uh, you know, said, well, I said, what do you mean lead worship? And uh, he said, you know, come do like some campfire songs and stuff. And so, I came into this Baptist student union at the time on campus and uh, and began to lead the freshman care groups in worship, and uh, it was awful, guys. I mean, I knew G chord and C chord, and about 50% of the time I could hit the D chord. <laughs> and so I would sing, and you know, and then I'd hit the D chord, and they'd have to keep on singing, and I'd have to kind of play catch-up. Well, after I led that first week, I was like, God is not calling me to this. I'll go sign up for another ministry. <laughs> and sure enough, Basilio will call me back two weeks later, and he said, hey, man, I need you to come lead some worship again. And I'm like, dude, were you in the room? I, I stunk it up. It was awful. And my call to ministry was his statement, dude, you're all we got. <laughs> and so I decided I better start practicing and learning a few more chords and stuff. And uh, and uh, just real slow over time, God began to slowly, slowly, thank goodness, uh, extend that sphere of influence until – 
kind of when I got out of college, I was kind of traveling regionally. And then after that, we put together a worship band and started traveling all over the U.S. called Drop Me and doing camps and conferences and, you know, singles revivals and all that kind of stuff. And while I did that, I was at um, two ch- – I'm real pro-local church. I always believe in the accountability. I really believe that's the expression of the body of Christ as the bride. And so we were in – my wife and I were in two little bitty tiny church plants um, that set up in a school every week during those years. And, you know, we would pray, God, please give us 100 people today. And, uh, you know, please help the sound system not blow up mid-song set and just <laughs> stuff like that. And so did that and, uh, while I was traveling. And, and just God was kind of shutting down that season for us. We wanted to have kids. I didn't want to be gone all the time. Um, and so Northwood Church, where I'm at now, called the, the lead pastor called me, and he said, I want to interview you to be our worship pastor. And I said, dude, you've already interviewed me once. And he had, and he had forgotten about four years before that he did an interim. <laughs> and at that time, Northwood was real high. I mean, there was not probably a church in this area that was more – seeker-driven. I mean, they had a, con- a comedian that warmed up the congregation. They did, like, one secular upbeat song and a sort of worship song. And wow. uh, and that wasn't... I'd come out of the college, you know, scene where you really cut your teeth on worship. And uh, I told Bob, our lead guy, I said, dude, I don't fit. And so he calls me back four years later, like, um, do you have a short-term memory issue? <laughs> dude, you've already interviewed me. I don't fit. And he said, no, 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 we're trying to turn the corner in worship and really, you know, shift the way we do things. And so I didn't know whether to believe them or not. So I kind of snuck into a couple of services and could see they were trying to turn that corner. And that was 10 years ago. And voila, here we are today. So that's great. So you, you've been at Northwood for 10 years now, but yep. you got interviewed four years prior to that, right? Yeah. Four <laughs> years prior in a two minute interview. Cause I knew I didn't fit. And I just said, dude, I got some friends that would love this. And, but this is my heart. And so, yeah. So can can I so can I ask you what what changed in those four years uh, in your own life or or uh, in the philosophy of ministry at Northwood? I think what changed is they really begin to wrestle with what happens when somebody when you know when the seeker comes in to the service. So I mean, so they accept Christ and begin this journey. Bob was going through kind of his own ministerial transformation at that point asking this question you know when will jesus be enough and what does it look like for the church to turn the world upside down and and it's beginning on this journey to a real focus on discipleship and he realized with their current model of service it wasn't contributing to that and uh and so they began to make that shift kind of when i got here from i call it from a you know seeker church to i mean i kind of come out of reform theology a little bit. I, I joke and say we're a sought church. You know, that God is seek, seeking people rather than we have these seekers coming in. And so it was a real shift from a performance model of, hey, watch us do our thing. Watch us do our specials. We're going to sing some worship, but we don't even really expect you to do it. We kind of expect you to look into a very high demand for participation by the people who walk through the doors to engage in worship. Okay. So that was a big shift that happened. And I saw they were attempting that, and that's one of the things that led me here so that I said, and I can help facilitate that. The cool. guy before me was a Grammy Award-winning soloist and stuff, and I told Bob, I said, dude, I can't do that. If yeah. that's what you want, <laughs> I'm the wrong guy. So, so you haven't won any Grammys lately? No, I haven't won any Grammys. That's great. The, the, I'm, not the, I'm not the stellar vocalist. Okay. <laughs> you know, the, the Grammys were on last night. I uh, I watched them. I'm a, I'm a big music fan. And, uh, yeah, I didn't see your name on the on the list, but that's okay. No, I was supposed to play with Radiohead. I was supposed to be one of those drummers. But, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah, because you're, uh, you're the next choice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so starting from, from then, maybe you can give us a little bit about uh, the worship ministry at Northwood and, and kind of how, how it's changed over the last 10 years and just, uh, just a little summary of what it looks like right now. So, so in the in the process of broadening, um, do you, do you feel like there is? Uh, do you feel like you do have a a, a specific purpose and a, a specific goal? So, in in other words, sometimes when you kind of broaden your vision, uh, it, it's easy to start, you know, trying to tackle a million different things. But do you still feel focused in how you approach worship ministry? Yeah, because I think we have a core question of. Here's a question every worship team member can tell you at Northwood because I beat it into their heads endlessly. And it's <laughs> good. Why do we exist? And they'll all tell you, you know, we exist to bridge people into the presence of God. It doesn't matter how well we play, how well we execute. If we, if people didn't come in and meet God's presence in a transformative way, and we put a high call, you know, Bob's real big on calling for response and obedience. If we don't set that environment where people can meet God, and then as obviously as they meet Him, His purposes are known. Their their areas, their life doesn't match up to what God would call them to be. Become exposed. Yeah, and so in some sense it's broadened um, what we've done, but in some sense it's very much narrowed. We used to use, do, do live drama a lot, and we just kind of looked at it and went. It's not really doing what we want it to do. And so, you know, we kind of dropped that whole end of things. We'd still do some on video, you know, kind of in the same way, but we just don't do the live drama. And so we dropped some 
things and you know tweaked some things and added some things to, to really make it reflective of of what God's called us to do. Yeah, that's that's a great a great reminder, and it's one of your, one of your questions on your review about uh, are there any things that we need to cut or jettison that we're that we're currently doing, and and uh, it's a question that I'm familiar with, and I know North North Point and Andy Stanley they talk about that a lot when they're talking about narrow the focus, and so you don't have to do everything under the sun to have a, a good ministry; you just have to do what you do well. And so, um, so that uh, let's jump into this year-end review process a little bit. Uh, the first question is why? Why does a worship ministry need to do year-end review? I mean, worship has existed for thousands of years. The church has been doing it in America for hundreds of years. You know, we we ought to have a pretty good handle on it, right? <laughs> right. And, and, and I don't. You know, sometimes you're going to do this review, and it's not going to be. You're not going to overhaul your whole approach. But I, I think two things. I think one for me as an individual leader. I'm looking to maximize my kingdom effectiveness. I don't want to play, you know, spiritual ring around the rosy. I want to see transformation happen. And so, one, as I do this review process, a lot of it is just an inward look. And, you know, I'm trying to assess God's activity in my life. And one of the ways you do that is see God's pattern of activity in your life. And as you do these reviews over time, you'll be able to go, okay, I see this pattern begin to emerge as I read back through my journal as, you know, this consistently happened when this happened. And so this would be a pattern that God would be teaching me. And it shows me, too, if my activity is, you know, leveraged for kingdom purposes and transformation in others. You know, one of the one of the parts of the review is I really grab my daytime and I look over every meeting that I had in the last year. And I kind of ask, what fruit came of that meeting? I mean, there's, you know, there's people that want to meet with you all the time, over and over again. And you just look and you're going, there's no fruit coming out of this. I mean, I love them and I want to keep meeting with them. But if you're mentoring them and they're not implementing steps, you're, you're, you're spinning your wheels. And so I really go, you know, what were those key people that I could pour into that really, you know, they received mentoring and I was able to give mentoring to or there was kingdom fruit that came out of the meeting. And so I think from an individual leader, that's important. But I think for the ministry as a whole, it's important that you do a year interview. Um, you know, we live in this community, the body, body, and all these people in our worship ministry, whether they're, you know, volunteer or staff, it's really arrogant of me as a leader to think I have all the answers. But yet at the same time, it can be really intimidating for a vocalist on our vocal team, you know, to go, oh, man, I need to offer some critique either to Jordan's leadership style or to the ministry systems and function. And so I need to call him up and basically, you know, I'm going to set up a, a critique meeting. And so what this year-end review process does is it, it creates an intentional time and a framework where it's safe for people to critique both me as a leader and our worship ministry. And, they, you know, for our participants, it can happen in an anonymous form. For our captains, we don't do it. That, that's our next tier of leadership, our lay leadership right under our staff. Um, they don't do it anonymously, but our, our, our vocal teams, our bridge team, which is our praise choir, our band guys, all those guys can really just be really honest in this review. And then, you know, we take that information and really start to filter through it and say, what is God saying through it? So, uh, Jordan, have you been doing this year in review every year since you've been there? Um, some guys I've leaned on, obviously our lead pastor really is big on journaling, and he goes back and reads his journal and tries to find life lessons. And then, I mean, he every three years he'll read five years deep, and he does. I mean, he's got, he's just a 
voracious journaler. And so a lot of that, some of the ideas came from him. Um, there's another guy that has really influenced us and mentored us. His name is Bob Beal. And, uh, and so, you know, he's brought questions to the table before, like, what do you do best? Well, I'm thinking, well, I need to see what our folks think we do best every year, too. And so a lot of those you're going to see in the forms and the questions that, that are in that review process. And so I've probably been doing it really intentionally probably about five years. Do you, do you find that after five years of doing this, um, do you find that that you're getting like a lot of the same answers or, or do, you, do you find that maybe, you know, five years you're getting nothing new or, or is it one of those things where every year you're getting new stuff and it's great, it's beneficial for you? It, it, it is beneficial and, it, you know, it gives you a fresh pulse on your ministry. It, what's frustrating is when, you know, one of the questions is what do we need to improve or do do better on and you know when you go back and read a review three years ago and then you read this year's review and the same thing sitting there and you're right going, oh, <laughs> yeah yeah that i gotta fix that that's ridiculous that's been on there three years in a row and i think one of the things we think about too is you're going to get a lot of divergent opinions and so if we see something mentioned one time from one person you know brent my the other worship pastor here he's he's uh moved up from an associate worship pastor to a to a worship pastor and uh we're both, we'll take those and filter through them. And if we see something say one time, we're like, mm, okay, that's their opinion. If we see it twice, we're like, maybe. And if we start seeing three, four, five, 20 <laughs> times on the same form, you know, the same kind of answer on the same question, we start going, man, we need to take this to heart. And so I think over time, it, it's some of the stuff is for season. Like one of the things that led us to some of the stuff that we've jettisoned as a result of these surveys that for years people loved. And then at some point when we kind of shifted our purpose of our church, they kind of went, well, that's not really necessary anymore, you know? And so I think it's viable and valuable to do it every single year. And it's just built into our yearly time. Every December, we kind of start rolling this process. In November and December, we start rolling this process through our whole ministry. Yeah, that's great. You know, I've le- I've learned a lot. I've started. I'm about halfway through this process right now. I'm, I uh, I started a couple of weeks ago, and I started with my I call it my worship leadership team. Sounds about like what you call your captains, right. and uh, so they did it, and they couldn't do it anonymously. I made them write their names on it, and uh, we're going to talk with them all about it. And we're getting ready to do it with the whole team here coming up on the 21st, and everybody, everyone involved will be able to do it anonymously. But already, just from the uh, from the nine responses I got from my worship leadership team, I see a lot of room for improvement, and I've also seen a lot of a lot of uh, ownership and buy-in, which is something I wasn't expecting to see. You know, through people's suggestions and and the way that they phrase some of the things that they said, you can also see that they're really supporting your ministry. Even if they're saying that there's room for improvement, they're they're still saying that yeah, I support you, and you know, there's a lot of great stuff going on here, and I want to be just want to be a part of that. So, and a lot of times you can also listen to be the solution to if there's a problem, because you know who said it. You know, if they have a passion for it, you can say okay then let's sit down. We're going to put you in this area. Like they say, well, we're, we're not praying enough. And all right, you help us coordinate that. You know, I'm going to empower you to do that. I'm going to, I'm not going to just let release you to it, you know, to just be a wild card. But at the same time, I want you to be the advocate for that in the ministry. And so we found that to be true too, especially from our captains, because we do know who's saying that kind of stuff to us. So Jordan, I, I imagine that there's some people listening right now who um, maybe they've never done a year-end review. Uh, maybe they've never even thought about doing it. 
so this concept is new. Uh, you know, we, we've heard a little bit about the benefits, you know, um, self-improvement, critical evaluation, uh, moving forward in your ministry. Um, maybe can you give kind of a, a brief uh, Reader's Digest version of what a year-end review might look like from start to finish for, for those listening who have never even done this, done this, or maybe even they've never heard of it? Yeah, it, it's basically four processes, and the first process is really a self-evaluation that's where you go out, you take your, your journal, uh, you look at your goals. If you had previous year goals and personal goals, you kind of take those out, your PDA, your daytime or whatever you do with all your appointments. Um, we do a lot of time audits at Northwood. Where we you know do every 15 minutes, probably three times a year for two weeks, we'll write down everything we do. And then uh, we take a leading from your strengths test. And so your first phase is you're kind of getting all that stuff together. You're kind of going off for a day by yourself and really going, all right. God, what what are you showing me? You know, what is my main strength? Am I functioning in that strength? Um, I read my journal. What are the three or four life lessons I've that kind of have emerged from this year ministerially? You know, were our goals the right goals? Did we accomplish them? Um, and the, the thing I talked about earlier, where you go through every appointment and kind of look at did it bear fruit or not. So that's kind of process one. And then process two, we move to that team evaluation, and that's where you're kind of getting everybody in your ministry at every level um, a chance to really, you know, give feedback to the ministry. And we've generated some uh, questions that you can ask um, to just kind of sit down and do a work through of where are we good, where do we need to improve, are there any ideas rumbling around in your head? And so there's 23 strategic questions that we ask. And for us, we do it in a re- we do it in a rehearsal. We don't ask people to do it away. We kind of sit in a rehearsal. We ask the question out loud. You know, we just kind of take a whole night to do that. It's, it's that important for us. And then so that's the second phase. In the third phase, you begin to work with your captains, and um, you schedule a meeting with each captain. We kind of do an interview with some of the same questions, but there's some added questions. You're also critiquing them. What have they done well? What do they need to work on? What are some goals they see? What are some goals you see for their area? Um, and there's a there's a question series for that. And then the final thing is when you kind of take all that stuff, it's process four, and you turn it into um, you're trying to convert your thought and write goals. And so you're going to take all this stuff together, filter through it, and say, listen, if we can only be about three or four goals, for next year, maybe four or five at the most, because most people have way too many goals. But four or five things that would just set us miles ahead if we could accomplish them, if we boil it down, what are those? And so we, we put those together, and then we publicize those out to the team. I've got them posted on my wall where I get kind of caught on chasing a rabbit somewhere. I look back at those and go, man, is this about those four things or five things? And uh and so it's real clarifying to kind of set the direction for that next year when you start. And so it's a four-step process that we use. And who knows? I mean, I'm learning stuff all the time. There might be another step that comes in there, but right now it's a four-step process that we use. Could you give us uh, some examples of some goals that, you, that have come out of this review in the past or course corrections, things that you've changed that uh, you wouldn't have known otherwise had you not done this year in review? changed as a result of that is uh an example is we used to do these really huge 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 sets i mean we would spend tons of time tons of energy at cutting you know stuff out of foam and our ministry you know people just in the evaluation kind of said listen it didn't hurt anything but isn't really helping anything mm. either and they said yeah uh, yeah you guys are 
tons of time and energy on that. And and if you're really wanting to mobilize people for transformation, the thing that's working more for us to do that is to tell the stories of people who've been transformed. And so what we really did is kind of started mixing any kind of set that we did. We still use a lot of digital imagery and stuff like that. And in our new room, we have these huge screens, so it's a little easier to do that. But we have we quit these giant foam sets and all that kind of stuff. And we began to spend our energy on telling the stories of transformation of people and um, mm. letting our people see someone in the same boat as them, and they were able to be transformed to, to by God to see what they can do outside these four walls to bring – you know, the light of Christ to a dark world. And so we shifted to a lot more video interviews and spending our energy in those areas. The other area we got some critique on is our, I'm, I'm very systemic. I'm very type A. I'm very structured. And we had this really, really tight structure of flow of how you got on our vocal team. You did a get-to-know-you time. You had to sing in our bridge team choir for six months uh, just to kind of show you were there to serve and didn't want to be in the spotlight kind of thing. And at the end of the six months, you could audition to come be on the, you know, on a handheld mic on our, we call them vocal team at that point. But what was happening was people either felt forever consigned to the bridge team or, man, there was so much pressure on that one night of audition um, kind of thing. And so we really kind of read that people wanted a more organic ministry and we really kind of deconstructed that. And now we sing, you know, several people around the front, and then on weeks, we only sing our bridge team choir every other week. Well, what we started doing on the weeks they don't sing is pulling some of those bridge team folks out and just kind of setting them back on a riser so they're not right on the front edge of the stage. And, uh, but man, all of a sudden, it's ignited purpose in them. They feel like, okay, I, I, I'm not just, you know, stuck in this mass group of people forever. And, and that transition happened, and it's now a lot of those people are being fueled, and it's giving leadership development, and they're jumping up on a front mic now because we have, a, like, a, a mid-level leadership platform, and we would have never had that if we hadn't done the year in review. And that's mm-hmm. been hugely transformational, both for, for the morale of our ministry and motivation and all that kind of stuff. That's great. So we got one more question for you, and um, we already kind of covered the process of how we get started and all that and the, and the four steps of it. My last question is, you know, for, for people who might be listening, including myself, when I first came across this process, it sounds like a really large, long, time-consuming process. Do we have to do the whole thing? I would say if you don't, you're hurting yourself. I mean, it's not it's not that complex. If you go to, you know... Basically, if you go to the site worship trench, we've got all four processes with very clear instructions on it. Um, uh, if you go to worshiptrench.com and type in in the search engine, year-end review, you'll see the post. And, I mean, if you guys are going through it, we try to make it just – we're not that smart, and so we try to make the instructions just super simple. And so if you go to worshiptrench.com, you can grab it. But I think the reason it's important to do all four processes is this. You're seeing your ministry – your life, leadership, and your ministry from four different angles. Um, and I think that's important because it, it's real easy to just, you know, if our captains are wide like us, we're kind of flying over, doing a flyover in the same direction because they kind of like things like we do, obviously. They're, and sometimes you'll have some, some worship team members that will come flying over from a different angle, and, man, they'll drop some insight on you. And so – I would say it's important to do all four processes because you're kind of, it's you and God, it's you and your leadership, it's you and the team as a whole, and then it's kind of setting out vision for next year. You could do one. I think you're leaving yourself some blind spots if you if you don't kind of 
take it as a whole. I've been looking through it a lot, been kind of evaluating how I'm going to do it and evaluating my own ministry, evaluating myself. I've gone through, I'm not doing it in order. I don't, I hope that's not a problem. No, <laughs> but, um, right. Right. So I've done, uh, I've done my captain interviews and I've done my personal evaluation and then uh, we're getting ready to do the team evaluation. But like I said earlier, I've already come up with so much stuff that I think is really going to make a huge impact, impact on, on how we do ministry here in the coming year. And so I don't, I don't, even though it's time consuming, I think the, the benefits of doing the whole thing are going to be so much greater than, you know, the, the time that it might seem that it's going to take right here in, in the immediate future. I think the long-term benefits are a lot bigger than that. Yeah. And it's not, I don't think it's, as daunting. I mean, you're, you're talking about a day by yourself, you know, time with your captains, you can kind of do that in one night if you schedule it right. Maybe not. And then you're really just talking about sitting down with your worship team as a whole one evening, kind of going, all right, let's fill this out. So it's, you know, it's, it's three sessions, basically. It, it sounds longer than that, and then however long it takes you to construct your goals. So it's not as daunting as it might look or sound with the four processes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think it sounds great. Do you have any other questions, Kevin? Uh, no. <laughs> I would, no, that, I, it's great. I mean, I, I love I love this idea. Uh, it's something that I haven't done before. Um, but when, when David talked to me about, you know, what you're doing, and uh, kind of gave me some of the info. I thought, man, you know, why why haven't I been doing this? You know, why why haven't I I've been critically looking at this ministry? And so, um, you know, la- last week we had a, a big meeting with our whole worship team, and uh, uh, you know, it, di- it didn't really go as I thought. Um, it didn't really go as planned, but still, you know, out out of that, I think we are are charting a, um, kind of a, a new course. I mean, I, I see this as being a pivotal moment for the worship ministry uh, at, at our church, and uh, and it's exciting. You know, it really is. Right. That's why, you know, one of the reasons I, there's a million worship blogs out there, and one of the reasons we started worshiptrench.com, I mean, there's a zillion blogs that tell you, here's how you pick songs for the weekend. But what, what I felt there was a void in and what has been poured into my life just from guys I've been fortunate to be around through our lead pastor, Bob Roberts, is just really this, what does leadership in the ministry look like Monday through Friday to set you up to have that atmosphere where people can just meet with God? And so, you know, you've got to build teams. You've got to deal with conflict. And so we try to put tools on that site that are to really go, all right, Monday through Friday, how do you lead? And so this is one of those tools that really jumped off the page, and we did it, and somebody in my ministry asked, is this on the site? And at first I was like, no, and they're like, you got to put this on the site. And so that's when we decided to throw it up on Worship Trench. So. Well, uh, this this resource and a lot of the other resources I've looked through in the past have been have been really helpful. So you're succeeding in that, and uh, that's that's what we're here about too. We're we're wanting to help worship leaders and worship ministries do what they do better. We want to serve as a catalyst of that, and so we thank you for being a part of that today. And we want to encourage you in your ministry there. And uh, we thank you for being a part of this. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with us before we sign off for this episode? we have to do as, as guys is quit trying to, you know, hoard our resources and stuff. And if you come across something valuable, really just open it up to the kingdom. You know, we don't sell anything. I don't ever want to sell anything. And I've got friends that, you know, when you guys get a tool like this, throw it to me. I mean, we're all kind of in the same, same river traveling down it together. And so, man, it's all the same kingdom. You know, we all serve the same king. So let's just, let's do this thing together and really learn to grow and 
every ministry is going to have a different strength and a different a, a different thing it does well. And so I want to learn from those guys and, you know, the guys that can mentor me in those areas. I definitely want to be mentored by them as well. So that's what I'll say about that. Uh, that's great. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we, we appreciate you being on here and taking time out of your day to talk with us about all this. Well, thanks, you guys, for having me. I appreciate it very much. Well, it was our pleasure. Well, what'd you think? I thought it was great. Man, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it was a good, it was just like I was saying at the beginning. I mean, what, what, a, what, what a cool opportunity to, to uh, talk and chat with a guy who... Network, you, you might say. Yeah. You might use the word network. Network, just kind of like what, what, our, uh, yeah. what our mission statement's all about, yeah? Yeah. Um, a networking resource. No, it, it was great because, you know, he's, he's geographically, you know, in, in a much different place than we are. Different, much know, different. Yeah, yeah, Texas and Washington. But it's funny because, you know, when I first moved up here, one of the things that I noticed were a lot of Texas license plates. Really? Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. Like, that was, besides Washington and Oregon, the the license plate I saw the most of was Texas. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention. Or maybe they have to get out of the heat so they come to the rain. Like, <laughs> like they're so sick of the sun, i got to go find some rain. I need to find the rainiest place in the world and hey. go live there. And, and welcome to... <laughs> Vancouver, Washington, Portland, um, and Washougal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Anyway, great, great conversation, and uh, and we hope that for those of you listening, you were encouraged. Uh, again, check out his blog site, uh, uh, worship worshiptrench dot com. Yep. And I just want to offer another word of encouragement. Do one of these. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> you know, as worship leaders, and especially the more artistic of us. It's really easy to just focus on the art, to focus on the music, to focus on whatever, and not actually dig deep and and do the stuff that's going to actually make the actual worship ministry better. And in our next episode, we'll be talking about our own experiences doing the, the worship review. Um, I, I mentioned it during the interview with Jordan, but uh, my experience was a little different than I thought it was going to be, uh, and, and I'm still in process, but, uh, you know, things didn't go as planned and that's okay you know it happens and this is my first time doing it and um you know i'm excited to keep making progress yeah so don't be afraid it might sound daunting like he says it's not daunting once you get into it you realize it's not as huge of a deal as you might think it is so don't let that let you procrastinate (laughs) if that's the right way if that makes sense yeah so anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part. Um, if you have comments about this episode, if you want to maybe give your own feedback, uh, if you've done a year-end review and uh, it went well or maybe didn't go well, uh, give us your comments. Um, write to us. Uh, you can write at uh, Kevin at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com or David at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com. And, of course, check us out on our website, WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com. Or you can uh, participate in the conversations on our social network, worshipministrycatalyst.ning.com. Thanks for being a part of today's podcast, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See you later.